This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. I'm back. Main aa gaya wapas. I told you I'd be back. This is Abhinandan Sekri. This is Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte when advertisers pay. Advertisers are served and when the public pays, the public is served. Thank you all for your support of news laundry and thank you for your support of constitution. The last episode of which for season 1 will go on line next week this is the penultimate one and i you know like you to write in and tell us what you want season to be about although we have a rough idea but thank you for enjoying constitution appreciating it and lots more coming where that came from and um today on the panel our in house scientist is missing he said he has some guests at home slimily he must be eating mithai Uh, but we have the other anand here who is here despite it being chhat puja thank you anand for coming for the hafta hello chhat puja uh, so chhat puja bahut zor shor se manai jati hai in pure part of the country why is it unique to bihar can you tell us or is is up mein manai jati hai kya uh, bihar se bordering districts mein manai jati hai such as uh-huh. such as uh, um, varanasi some parts of varanasi district okay and mau gajipur ye sab mein manai jati hai I see. I will talk about it in my recommendations. Oh, very good. Okay. Joining us, the executive editor of Open Magazine, Ullek. Hello. Who has joined mm-hmm. us before on Hafta, as you know, the author of Mr. Vajpayee's biography as well, which we have interviewed him on, and I've read that book. It was very, very interesting, I must say. Although I did ask you that then also yeah, that yeah, all I the did. stuff that he wrote, do you think you could have written it when he was still around? and is he still around in the sense <laughs> sorry god not sane god no. when when he was in in still uh, in, in power in but we know that in magazines people had written reports about him he didn't have too much of uh, opposition to that but people close to him hmm. did have so they were haunted uh but i think you know he was a person who was open to criticism yeah. and you know like there used to be a l- lot more of criticism of him even within the sangparivar uh, than right. outside so he was okay with that and and that was 2000 1999 2004 where in 2017 where star plus did not have the nuts to put a boy mimicking modi Hmm. on air hmm. yeah. that's really disgrace. really hmm. and i've hmm. seen that clip it's really nothing it's really funny hmm. yeah. there's really nothing he's not even hmm. is this mimicry yes i, I think we should blame the people who handle these things than mr modi himself sure yeah. in fact Absolutely. that's exactly what we're discussing it's hmm. i think I, I, i'm sure no calls have been made anyway hmm. it's just that people are I mean that's just the nature of. I mm. think. I'm sure Modi would find it funny. I mean, I don't. Well, no, I won't go that far. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm it's it's flattering to have someone mimic yeah, you. Yeah, but I I think uh, in the way that he does, it's my, not really. My reading of it or, is uh, Modi's persona. What I understand about him is he won't actively shut people out, but if this is happening, he would be more than thrilled, and. not make any effort to undo mm. that yeah i mean he raises his eyebrows when there is a criticism because he is not someone who is very open to criticism like vajpay or for that matter other people who are used to national politics was at um, mm. one point of time so uh, let's and uh, of course manisha hello manisha hello. and madhu will be joining us shortly but before she does join us i'll just tell you what all we'll discuss We'll discuss Barkha versus NDTV. That fight gets uglier and uglier with Barkha's oh, yeah. two new Facebook Such posts. Such a week of revelations. Yes, in <laughs> fact, my song today was also dedicated to Barkha and NDTV. 
and all others who were once very close to each other but are no longer. Uh, then <laughs> Dineshwar Sharma's formally appointed the center's interlocutor for Jammu and Kashmir. Maybe Manisha or Anand can tell us a little more about him. We I know we have a piece on him by Nidhi on News Laundry. Government announces a mega 2.11 lakh crore recapitalization plan. Now, um, it has met with a lot of criticism, although I don't see what other option there is. But yes, um, one has to question what what is being done to prevent such things from happening in the Actually, future. Actually, we don't have all the details also. They haven't disclosed the details. So I don't know how fruitful the discussion about it is going to be. Also, I'm wondering why is the government so reluctant to make public the list of defaulters? What public good can possibly come of that secrecy? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Rahul calls GST Gabbar Singh tax. So he suddenly found his mojo. Obviously, it's a lot easier talking in opposition than in power because when he was in power, he wouldn't talk much. Now suddenly, he has a newfound fire in him. You don't have to stand up at a cinema hall to be perceived as patriotic, says Justice Chandrachur. However... The Supreme Court has not reversed its earlier order or anything. Am I right? Hmm. Yeah, it just says that you need not. No. Yeah, that's his observation. Yeah. That's Justice Chandrasekhar. But yeah, to be perceived to be patriotic, you need not stand up. That's but all. are they yeah. are they even considering reversing that order? That's not even on the table. That that's. I think you need a PIL for that, right? To re- reverse it. And there is no such thing. Yeah. Okay. As in, there's no such thing. Filed, I mean, you'd want it? someone to appeal it. BJP objects to incorrect reference on GST in Vijay's film Marcel. What does Marcel mean, Lake? I don't know. Marcel. Okay. I displayed it's my it's naughty racism by asking a Mallu. No, this what is Tamil cinema. Uh, no, I, I, I think I read it somewhere, but you know, I don't remember exactly. We'll have to Google and find out. <laughs> okay. Under fire and with a nudge from Delhi, Vasundhara Rajay sends her gag bill in cold storage. Now, I'm wondering if it is, in fact, in cold storage, it'll come again. And would she have proposed such a bill without the center's endorsement is what I want to know. Was this testing the waters? Hmm. Um, then Rajasthan bill reflects thinking of those at the top, says Anna Hazare, who hasn't sat, sat on a fast on this. <laughs> okay, just a quick poll here. Uh, Anand, Lekh and Manisha. Anna came and he was very upset about Lokpal still not having been appointed and now he's saying all this. He came, did one day fast. Why do you think he's not carrying out another circus like the India Against Corruption? What do you think it is? Any guesses why he's not doing it now? You mean the current Rajasthan government's... Uh, no, no, on anything, whether it's on the Rajasthan government or whether it was when he came and did a one day symbolic fast. Hmm. Why is he not doing that? the big thing that he used to do? Anand, what do you think? And movements also have a self-life. They need to change scenes to be enjoyable. Even Gandhian movement, civil obedience, one, two, didn't have the same purchase. Hmm. So uh, I think it has passed its sell by date. Hmm. What do you think, Ulrich? Also, he is not in the pink of health and, and he isn't as healthy as he used to be. Um, that could be one reason. Also, you know, like uh, Anand said, you know, like, um, the momentum is not on its side as it used to be, you know, in a major way, you know, um, the final years of the UPA too. Mm. So that's not the case now. You have everything else going against you if you forge ahead with such a plan mm-hmm. politically. Manisha? I don't know if the first IAC, I mean, I don't know if he, wasn't he just the face and there were a lot of other Bingo! people. Bingo! Manisha! <laughs> 
आपको एक करोड़ रुपए के लिए आपका जवाब सही है वाह ही वाजंट रियली आई मीन ही वाज जस्ट एग्जैक्टली फेस ऑफ सॉर्ट्स जस्ट एन ओल्ड मैन टू आप अगर बैठ के फास्ट कर रहे हो काम कोई तो करेगा ना आपको अभी कोई अरविंद केजरीवाल तो है नहीं जो आपका सब कुछ कर दे काम आप अब गाली वाली देके उसको तो आपने बोल दिया तू ऐसा है अब आपका कोई काम करने को तैयार नहीं तो आप कौन सा फास्ट करके कितने लोग आएंगे मैं आल्सो आई थिंक इवन इफ देयर वाज अनदर टीम आई डोंट थिंक दैट काइंड ऑफ थिंग अगेंस्ट करप्शन ड्यूरिंग यूपीए 2 यू वोंट हैव दैट रेजोनेंस नाउ बिकॉज़ नया इवेंट चाहिए देयर इज अ गवर्नमेंट देयर इज अ परसेप्शन दैट द गवर्नमेंट इज डूइंग थिंग्स टू टैकल करप्शन एज़ अपोज्ड टू यूपीए व्हिच पता नहीं आप किनके साथ घुल मिल रहे हैं कि ये परसेप्शन है जिन लोगों से मैं मिल रहा हूं किसी का परसेप्शन नहीं है कि कोई करप्शन के खिलाफ इट्स नॉट सीन एज अ करप्ट गवर्नमेंट दैट पीपल वांट आउट एज़ अपोज्ड टू यूपीए 2 Hmm. which was ठीक है then a 615 row row ferry service during gujarat visit gujarat it's raining sops um there have been allegations that the ec is compromised or it is being very soft and you know it did not announce the date so that all these sops could be delivered i think it's pretty delivered. clear yeah what allegations i mean <laughs> hmm. it's quite clear that do, do, do you were. think so anand as well that the Sudden flurry of sops worth totaling about two thousand crore or three thousand crore. I don't know what were the total number of sops within like five days mm. when everyone is wondering when the election will be announced. Do you see any um, reason to doubt the fairness of the EC in this case? Uh, even if there is doubt, it is not unprecedented. I Means um, mm. uh, till EC got its teeth got its teeth back in mid nineties, TNCs and time mm. the. it as an institution uh, it was not under a lot of scrutiny even by political analysts so mm. from the first ishi uh, commissioner Sh- and the cambridge mathematician sukumar sen in 1950s to mid 90s uh, election commission uh, was a kind of uh, a compatible extension of government of india So are you saying in 2017 we've gone back to 19 all the all the gains of the last 27 no, years been undone too early to say it's a, there are a lot of logistical considerations that that they can still explain hmm. but uh, even if what i'm saying that even if it is um, a kind of compromise then it's not unprecedented that one hmm 11000 crore sops by the way since, since october 12 okay So Gujarat Assembly elections Alpesh to join Congress party offers ticket to Hardik Patel and Dalit activist Jignesh too and there was all sorts of people going in and out that humne tumhare double cross ka double cross kar diya and the footage CCTV footage of a hotel being made available to the police who made it available to Republic TV <laughs> this is something whatever your political leanings that i think is the seamless kind of um uh, a synergy between police force a party and a television channel is something i'm seeing for the first time anyone has yeah. ha- is is there a precedence to this a, a private channel having such a seamless access to a particular kind of narrative that they can do within you know private property that is cctv footage <laughs> is made available conveniently like this or even Modi's call, which India okay, today is showing. Okay, that is really bizarre. What is that? How? Who? So, hmm. I don't know who would have. Le- so it's basically a call between Modi and uh, one of his yeah. party workers. Hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'll just check that. But it's basically a call where <laughs> it's almost like an interview where this guy is asking him. So Modi ji, uh, what do you feel about political opponents? And he's responding, "Hame to criticism milta hai, whatever." It's like it's such a weird like PR plant 
that India today is uh, showcasing. Hmm. And it just—it's strange how 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 would that call have been leaked out and how did it reach the media? It's clearly like, it's clearly like pre-election Q and A made not to look like a Q and A. So anyway, so that we have and all that. And the PM has tweeted it also, it's tweeted out saying that. Uh, saying. That I know this guy well, and now the nation also knows him. Smiley. Retweeting <laughs> 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 India. Oh, That's so cute. Okay, and we have a couple of emails from our listeners and subscribers, and one email from Mufat Khur also, which I will read out. So, Lek, let me start with you before mm. we get to anything else. Mm. Um, on this, also I want to discuss this entire list of sex. Okay, not sex offenders, but sexual harassers, poten- uh, sexual harassers, not potential, but yeah, professors who have allegedly harassed women. It is a well it is a list that has been kind of curated by um, raya sarkar mm. who's a student of law yeah mm. and she's studying in california i think and, and she collated this on her facebook and mm. there was a bunch of feminists who kind of said this is not the right way to yeah. go which they put out on kafila and there's yeah. been a pushback on that and we've also carried a piece on that right mm. yeah we have one piece which is a campus piece so yeah it's generally a divide between older and younger feminists you have the older guard like nivedita menon and all these guys saying it's not correct and the younger lot saying that you're just unhappy because these are your friends some mm. of the professors named are what is your view leaning. manisha you want to get to that should we discuss that no, or should we'll we get, get to that later okay, okay. Mm. so olek first of all did you see our series on kerala yeah on I the did. violence you are yeah. from um the, which part of kerala i am from kannur you are in the middle of the action mm, yeah so how many people have you like kind of hacked and shit <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody yet says oh like nobody yet oh dear god nobody yet no wow. promises by the end of hafta <laughs> but um yeah so um first of all thanks for your um, guidance also on that um you know speaking to our reporter and telling him what to expect but suddenly that's not in the news why It's I mean, back in the news. Is it? Yeah, it's back in the news. At least you know, like, and if you read um, uh, publications like the Organizer, and also uh, on social media where things are getting shriller, you know, they keep discussing Kanur, and Kanur is being used as a metaphor for uh, left-sponsored violence. You know, it's used as a counterweight to any kind of violence uh, that comes from. the luni fringe or even from the rss uh, affiliates Which so is different from the luni fringe the rss <laughs> i mean you know <laughs> they have 177 odd um, you know that's what the latest research by um, someone not so independent minded uh, has to say that they there are 177 i read it on uh, you know these days you find it on uh, whatsapp university mm. so it's 177 organizations affiliated directly or indirectly nice. to sank parivar but i don't know about that but this one you know like uh, there is violence sponsored by the cpm in kannur because it has been a powerful entity and you know anyone trying to encroach onto their political turf is met with um, a lot of intolerance the and red. Uh, yeah and uh, with extreme bias they act so what But what does how does language media report this language media is not they they have been used to it you know but even then you know like i can tell you even in the 90s you know actually the cpm versus rss violence did not happen until the 
um, 70s until after emergency it you know there were occasions when there were clashes between them once or twice before in 68 there was a killing of an rss person but the large scale kind of a thing came after the emergency after the emergency and also it stopped and then it resurfaced in the mid 1990s and never stopped after that so it's recent you know it's very recent that way of but how uh, does language media report it does language it, I mean, media you know used to at one point of time in the mid 90s used to look up to kanur as you know like uh, in cold blood truman capote says that you know out there kind of thing you know <laughs> the wild a, west yeah it's a, it's it's a place far away it from the Vegas. rest of them despite the fact that majority of the chief ministers uh, of kerala including in the congresses karunakaran and the cpms uh, ek nayanar and uh, majority of the top leaders of the congress and the cpm and also the rss they all are from uh, kanur so despite that political uh, you know uh, lots of representation uh, in various parties kanur used to be seen as a, a violence prone area that um, Uh, is not exactly um, like the rest of the state rest of the state so now now what's happening is like it language media has not taken the position that the national media has taken Which because is the na- national media has been uh, influenced uh, by the tr- uh, the red- retrocity campaign unleashed by the you know started majorly by the rss and you know pracharaks like jayananda kumar and all very mm. efficient people at that level they've been you know placing it as um, atrocities on uh, the rss or the hindus rss workers on the hindus also that you know attack on the hindus and all which is not the case you know it's it's a case of uh, almost um, gang war rss vs cpm gang it's, war it's, and it's, hindus on both sides i'm guessing yeah i don't know of any muslim who has died in this violence between the cpm and the rss hmm. hardly any nobody perhaps hmm. um so it's just a hindu violence that so also what you're saying is the language media's got more fair coverage more balanced coverage very sober very uh, uh, balanced coverage and which is why all this national coverage you know doesn't wash uh, in kerala but i'm sure many people would not you know take kindly to your use of delhi media's national media <laughs> <laughs> it's delhi media versus anand your view on this before we move on and i forgot the hate tracker also oh yeah hmm. we should talk about no, that no i don't have to add to it okay so um manisha your views on two things one mm-hmm. is what is your view on this list you could just tell okay, our listeners so what it is list. about and hmm. then to the hate tracker also the list original list that was compiled by uh raya sarkar raya sarkar so, which basically she said this is for students who are in universities to be aware of which professors they should watch out for who are creepy or whatever they are uh, sexual harassers basically okay. hmm. <laughs> so uh the genesis is actually the me too campaign where uh, women were basically uh, taking to facebook and social media and saying that they too have been harassed or molested just so that people understand the scale of what women go through uh from this raya sarkar uh, basically called out people uh, to send her uh, names of professors because it's pretty prevalent in academia as in probably other domains and uh, you don't have uh, swift because of the positions of power that some of these professors may hold you really don't have a swift justice or uh, a mechanism where they're you know 
where you can complain and then seek redressal so she basically asked uh, students to send her uh, lists uh, names of professors who have been inappropriate who have uh, sexually harassed or molested uh, she says that this is so but i don't know the exact methodology how are they i mean if they're checking no there's no filter or due diligence filter, you can just go put you know who was but, the institution and but hmm. she did say that she they've asked for evidence also so like whatsapp screenshots or messages and stuff like that along with first person account is okay. what i read somewhere but hmm. i'm not really sure they haven't been really transparent about what exactly their methodology yeah, but to is. the best of my knowledge there was an interview of hers in buzzfeed.com there is no system of i don't know if filter, yeah, yeah but i think the notion is also that it's a first person account so you should ideally trust somebody who's coming out Uh, with the story of sexual harassment or molestation women are unlikely to mm-hmm. make that up uh, that has met with a lot of criticism kafila had a post by nivedita menon uh, kavita krishnan wrote a piece for scroll saying that she's really against the seema mustafa also wrote a piece in the citizen saying that this is feminist vigilantism and she likened it to lynch mobs and all that uh, i think that look uh, it's an extension of the me too campaign and people i don't know with what authority the older guard you know for nevada men to say withdraw the list i mean you can criticize it and you can say that this isn't really uh, you know fair and what is the mechanism and you're naming a lot of people how are you so sure that these guys have harassed and you know these are names and reputations all that but i don't even understand how you can just ask her to withdraw it it's something on facebook and people do take to social media to name hmm. and shame and that has happened very often especially pa- for the past four years we have heard of many cases where people have there's also been a case uh, where one israeli journalist has come up and talked about cecil pinto who uh, who was part of this goa writers association in this case we've heard for about four years various women have hinted at the fact that this guy was allegedly sending lewd messages harassing women hmm. and no one spoke about it and finally she came out and named him so people do take to facebook to name and shame I'm not I, I don't know if it, sh- it if it should have been given the kind of uh, I don't know if it merited the kind of strong response that it got from Okay Madhu Trehan has joined us hi Madhu Hello So are you on board on what this is yes. happening that yes, the original yes. list versus yeah. the second list See, and stuff See the thing is that I think Manisha's hit on a very crucial point She's put her finger on the pulse on this with the old guard versus the new guard the new <clears throat> method of being able to speak out <clears throat> see the old guard such as me we went through this kind of thing harassment by somebody puts your um, puts his hand on you or does feels you up or something and two slaps would fix it hmm. okay um so we used we were used to for that for those who had the confidence to give to us had slaps. the confidence to do it but if you were in a vulnerable position you didn't do it you were mm. too scared you whispered it to your immediate superior or you told somebody in the office that this happened and they just keep quiet about it and you knew just you had to be careful mm. so the old guard has to get used to the fact now that it's important for the women who are speaking out who now have the power of facebook and twitter or any social media to be able to speak out and it takes no matter what you say it takes a lot of guts because as has happened you get targeted sure by different people so i think that i do support 
this new method of speaking out. I think it's <clears throat> very, very important. Um, every day new things are coming out, even in Hollywood. Now mm. the new one is uh, some uh, producer called T Tobac, mm. uh, which I was reading about, uh, Julianne Moore, and uh, yeah. Morgales has also spoken up about this guy. So, and the fact that it happens in Bollywood, we know that. Sure. Um, a lot of women's careers have been crushed or made because of whether going along or not. So I think the old guard just has to understand that you can't keep pushing old agendas. The men... And old methods, I old guess. Old methods, really. Mm. And, this, and the thing is that, like, as we spoke about last time, uh, Weinstein and somebody misunderstood the way I explained it, mm. was that he, his apology was not an apology because he, for him that was the norm. And, and also for the old guard women, again, that was the norm, that you just manage it. And as you know, I don't know if you were aware of it once this happened in, <clears throat> in the India Today group hmm. where there was a, a party. I remember that. And I you was, remember that I was incident. There at the time. Yeah. And the reception, receptionist of Newstrack was uh, what would be today be called molested. Hmm. And um, I, w I had left the party by then and when the next morning uh, everyone told me that it had happened, so I called the receptionist and I said, please, can you please tell me what happened and, and lodge a complaint with me so that I can take action. And she said... I remember, she didn't want to. She yeah. didn't want to because she said, my parents depend on me for my income and if they get to know that I have been molested or and I have complained, they will make me stop working. So you understand the vulnerability of women in that position that when you need the money, you need the job. It's you don't even want to initiate. Yeah, yeah, I remember there was this huge And then you just storm. say it's over. Although I I mean, I will, um, I, I will say that I, I was very, I was saying I was 21 at the time. I had just joined and I was, I was the guy who would probably not even get the tea, but clean the spilt tea. Shut up. So I, I didn't have <laughs> any lies. But Such the point lies. is I have since seen very senior journalists during all the other many episodes that happened who at that time were mid-level journalists and now they are big shots heading some channel or the other uh, sit and give lectures on panels and I just I mean I really have to keep myself from saying dude I was there and I saw how you guys reacted so shut the fuck up name but name anyway, and fuck no that. and also also <laughs> there was uh, the next time there was another party and the main guy, and it wasn't my brother, <laughs> the main guy <laughs> said at this party, he actually said this. He said, Ab jobi kuch hoega, us kamre se bhar nahi jayega. Mm, and this. everybody mm. applauded, you know? And yeah, this, is, yeah. this is what the scary part is. That I, at that time, felt powerless to counteract him at that, at that speech. When he, gave that, when he said that sentence, I should have said that... Instead of saying Bharni Jaiga, you should say is party me koi batamizi nahi hoigi. That's what he should yes, have said. So I would like to hmm, please. So uh, I would be uh, talking specifically about the academic world. Hmm. So um, this, the list is too short. It would be a very long list, and uh, <laughs> many women have not come out and. Uh, I know four or five of those professors very closely. I taught ad hoc at Hindu College, Delhi University. I got, didn't get a permanent tenure because of a reverse effect of this. I will talk about that. Hmm. So, um, you see, 
speaking to power, as Manu Joseph said here in the interview, is not just speaking power to the government. It is also speaking power to the entrenched power structures in institutions, which include universities, hmm. media, bureaucracy. And professors in universities, bureaucracy in India is an attitude, are bureaucrats. They are not uh, some uh, uh, one per only pursuing some high intellectual activity, but they are bureaucrats, they have power. Mm. They have power of patronage. And uh, this old guard, the Kav uh, Kavita Krishnans of the world, now they are very much entrenched in this system. They are, they are beneficiaries of this uh, system, the left-leaning cabals in, in, in the central universities. Now, women who have come out suffer because of women who tend to benefit from this. They get teaching positions because they agree to com compromise. They agree to uh, uh, somehow uh, uh, go with the flow. Go with the flow and ingratiate themselves and the to larger the career pursuit. pursuits and uh, and uh, uh, though uh, the women would not like it, the casualty is the male student or the male aspirant to teaching positions. Hmm. And the casualty is the male aspirant to teaching positions. And uh, uh, it, it somehow uh, turns this uh, gender equality debate upside down. But it happens, it happens. You see, uh, I have also seen uh, three or four them, uh, of them, uh, women, uh, I know they have, I know their stories too closely to doubt anything about that list. So you're at, saying at, it is accurate at enough? Le actually, at so, least four names I am sure. So what you're saying is it's accurate enough. So, so this, uh, this slur at it that anyone's putting anything in from wrong. what you, I mean, it's, there is some legitimacy to it. I think he's made an it. important point. If women are putting themselves out to move up the ladder, then a man like Anand Vardhan then is at a disadvantage. Is at a disadvantage, which I think is an important point. That's that's an aspect. Uh, would you like to weigh in on this, Oleg? I have I no mean, view like, on this. I haven't seen the list, but hmm. um, you know, I've interviewed people in academia, especially people like Martha Nussbaum and others, who have often talked about sexual harassment at the hands of uh, her guides and senior professors and all. But I think in this case, even the old guard, at least some of them, have uh, taken the route of the new uh, set of people, feminists. Like it was, I um, it was Christine Fair who first came out with a list of her oppressors. Uh, that includes even our, you know, renowned uh, history professor uh, uh, Deepesh Chakravarti of I Chicago see. University, and uh, um, I forget the name of the Nobel Prize win winning chemist mm. um, who, and she is named on her Facebook page, and she went on to write in. Huffington Post about it, and after a few days, Huffington Post took out the thing. Took it so, down. Took ah, it they down. pulled the story down. I pulled think story you were down. mentioning this one the other day, wasn't yeah. it, Manisha? Yeah, there no, was one story with me. Yeah, and then she is named Christine Fair. Christine Fair. And she is not of the new set of, uh, new brand of feminism. But I think what Madhu and Anand are saying is the Indian old guard is more entrenched. I mean, the, the separation here of those 
who are part of what anand calls a power structure even though that's not government and i think it, it crosses all industry all all mm, mm. it's not just bollywood or academics mm. or it's in every field sure but i think in some places it's more than others i think like for example in showbiz it it'll be way more than say in chartered accountancy well it used to be in journalism Yeah. yeah you know and also yeah, another thing you know like women used to tolerate raunchy comments uh, made in the office mm. earlier you know like even i'd worked with india today for three years and you know it used to be a place where you could make such comments yeah, but that was the word like that madman batman what's that serial madman ha matlab yeah but now people take objection to it and yes, then sir, when i joined news track you uh, could sit in the studio and smoke yeah when i tell people <laughs> that people say ha It is unthinkable today, but we no, used to. No, there was You could smoke inside the studio. Yeah. yeah. No, today I, you can't even smoke inside the office. I remember that smell of smoke and tea that used to be in every office. That can't. You you could smoke in airlines, yeah. I think it's in uh, this evolution of um, women saying this is not on means that the men have to be re-educated hmm. of that generation who think who think it's the norm. I think that hmm. is the important. issue here that we the women just speaking out uh, can result in people like Woody Allen saying that this could mean a witch hunt sure you know so uh, and Clooney but, George Clooney put him in his place yeah, but you uh, know where Woody that. Allen's coming from exactly well, so, so yeah. you know so the witch the, the the fear of there is also a genuine thing that there can be false accusations yeah, yeah. Uh, I have seen that happen when somebody was told off for uh, some, doing something Uh, completely wrong. Uh, she threw a fit and said that I was um, sexually harassed. And, uh, harassed, and luckily there were many people in the room who could vouch for the guy, saying that nothing like that There happened. There was a story on on TV today as well on Aaj Tak. Sorry, where um, this woman who had accused this guy, then the guy did a sting operation where she was extorting money, and then it mm. went to court. Yeah. She was in fact reprimanded by court. Sure, mm. and. Also, women suffer also because some women go with the flow, and yeah. they, they go. So the ones who don't want to, yeah. Some, some, some okay, I just. Okay. But interestingly, uh, one thing is that one of Kafila's contributors is on the list. So if they're putting out a post defending, oh, yes, have they made yeah. the disclosure? Yeah, no, they haven't. But then they, they, they should, should make have, a disclosure. Yeah. I, I mean, think that disclosures are important. Um, okay, uh, we have an email. This is from Ayush Datta. Ayush has written a 590 word. email hi nl hafta team and happy diwali to you all your coverage of harvey weinstein was particularly interesting on one hand the panel was shocked that new york times sat on an earlier version of the story for four years however were quick to point out that the wires piece on jay shah warranted more detailed investigation and better reporting of course apples and oranges but if a piece's effectiveness is predicated on how much work a writer puts into investigating and editing it Then the New York Times article was effective because it knew how large the story was, and that it warranted much closer attention to make sure it was a watertight case. Unlike this piece, which was written in 15 minutes, I think he's written it. But that's an interesting point he's making that you know we were more critical of. Uh, anyway, so the New York Times article on Weinstein seen slash showcased as passive victims, as is often the narrative in Indian media, mm. where the knight in shining armor is the news anchor who comes riding in on horseback to demand justice. The battle to secure space for women to lodge complaints against workplace sexual harassment be heard and it being defined as a form of discrimination at least in the states has been going on since the 1970s with the publication of Sexual Shakedown by Lynn Farley. It is an ongoing battle even now so to argue that ye India mein kabhi nahi hoga is rather defeatist. It's a fight I see Gurmeher Kaur and co fighting every day. Do I hear Anand cringe? 
And, and so I'd like to bring to your attention a blog post shared by an ex-employee of the High Spirits Cafe in Pune, Maharashtra and her experience with working with workplace yeah. sexual harassment. Okay, that was also quite a story. The High Spirits Cafe, there were multiple people who came out saying it was a horrible workplace. Right. Ayush goes on to start his next paragraph with crap, 300 words. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding the Delhi SC ban on firecrackers, I agree with Mr. Vardhan that it is judicial overreach, but the issue of an ineffective executive still stands. I don't think banning is the right way. So here's an alternative adopted from Vancouver. Put the onus on the consumer by reducing the ease of access to fireworks. With Halloween around the corner, pyromaniacs here need to individually apply for a firework permit from the city council, show paperwork for fire insurance and restrict bursting crackers <laughs> to a specific time. The firework quality is regulated for noise and particulate pollution and there are heavy environmental taxes added to buying crackers. Because of the high costs associated with fireworks display, private companies will sponsor one or two public firework displays by a professional event manager and on certain dates such as Chinese New Year, Canada Day, etc. I realize this will smell like Nehruvian permit Raj to Mrs. Trehan. But <laughs> if there ever was a valid reason to make someone run from one department to the other, regulating firecrackers <laughs> would be the one. It's a good one. <laughs> Finally, in the city, I grew up in outside Bombay. I saw a strange pattern emerge over a 10-year period. As average income in the area went up, Diwali firecrackers, which used to be a community-sponsored event, became a male member measuring contest with each house trying to outdo the other. Furthermore, because parents would spend all year working, Diwali was the one time they'll offload their guilt of ignoring their children by filling up car trunks full of firecrackers. As a result, in my erstwhile Kuloni, Diwali became an exasperating fusillade of exploding ecotisms followed by a comprehensive blanket of smog the next day masquerading as pious religiosity and doting affection. That was written by Shashi Tharoor. <laughs> Damn it, 600 words. I failed you, Mr. Sekri. Ayush is a B.A. International Relations with a minor in Asian Studies at the University of British Columbia, Vancouver. Thank you, Ayush. That was a very nice email. Well, Vancouver is one of the top 10 cities to live in because of its clean air. So he's in a good place. But uh, just, Can I just add one thing? Please. I do want, uh, going back to the old subject, I do want to include that this kind of sexual thing is also rampant in the legal fraternity. Hmm. Very yeah. huge. Yeah. Oh, that was his own personal. <laughs> but uh, that's not sexual. That was consensual. There were two people. Uh, whatever. But she was going to get something out of it. No. It's a quid pro quo. Consensual. She was going to get something out of it. She was. That was. Huh. So that hmm. is the thing. But because I remember when my daughter first started applying for jobs, she's a lawyer. Uh, I mentioned one senior lawyer and I said why don't you work with him he's really good she says all I'll be doing is running around the table while he chases me and that same guy <laughs> during an interview that I did with him constantly kept putting his hand on my knee and I constantly kept putting it back during the interview <laughs> on his own lap uh, without a I word I think I know who this is yeah and then at the end of it when I'm saying bye to him he said okay if nothing else at least let me ruffle your hair which at that time I had short white hair you know <laughs> so i put my head down and he ruffled it. He says, that's lovely. Chalo, it's No, but most of them, there's so many sleazy stories about these very famous lawyers. And, lawyers. and when this was being discussed at a dinner party, another lawyer, a very well-known lawyer, was discussing this about this lawyer. And he said, I told him that when... You, all your juniors, when you're finished with them, these were his words, when you're finished with them, send them to me. And I was appalled. And I told him, I said, you know, you are saying the most appalling, disgusting thing, 
my daughter's a, a junior you know that she's a lawyer you you have lawyers working there how can you talk like that no 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 I, next morning i called him again i said do you know that if what you said is repeated by anyone you could be in very serious trouble don't say things like this but it is this is the problem the old guard for years thought it was normal okay yeah, yeah. can i guess his name and yes soli sorabji i'm not saying राम जेठमलानी चुप नहीं रहूंगा मधु वी ऑल्सो हैव टू डिस्कस द बरखा वर्सेज एन डी टी वी थिंग दिस टाइम दू नो द फेसबुक पोज दैट शी डेड विच लेट टू मैनी आर्टिकल्स बट बिफोर वी डू दैट आई वुड जस्ट लाइक टू टॉक अबाउट ऑन दिस इशू ऑन यू नो वेन दिस होल मी टू थिंग हैपन एंड आई वॉन्टेड टू डिस्कस दिस विद यू हैव टेकन दिस डाउन माई नोट्स एंड आई लाइक एवरी वन व्यूज ऑन दिस ऑन माई फेसबुक पोस्ट पेज दे a couple of guys who also said you know i know this is not about us but i would like to say that even i was molested as a child and these guys are maybe oh, 15 years younger than me so if i'm 43 they must be in their 30s that's 28 that's a big issue boys so, being because pa- indian parents are extremely cautious about their girls but they're not cautious no, about little boys but now here's my thing so you know and i saw that then i saw someone had posted an article that every ninth child has been inappropriately touched or every eighth child one in eight or something and I mean I don't know you know at one level I believe that everyone thinks that our time was best you know apne yug mein sabko adbhut gyat hui apni hala but on this you know I definitely think the data would suggest that I grew up in innocent times because see I went to an all boys boarding school where kids were in boarding from the age of 5 that means you know we had a, a hostel called wood seats and ng and 5 6 7 8 year old boys were there so not all kids had started washing their bums or bathing by 5 So we had bhaiyas who was there. Seven people would be assigned to one bhaiya. Now, one could say that things like were hushed up and there was no media, but kids talk. I mean, we knew who had had an you know unwanted encounter with a senior boy, for example. You know, as you grew up. But in my entire twelve years in all boys boarding, I don't remember a single case of any bhaiya having behaved inappropriately with a child. Now you hear in bloody Ryan International School rape, and. again i don't think it was people were silent kids talk to each other even if they don't talk to the teacher i grew up in an environment my where my parents would not hesitate to send me at the age of 6 to go get milk walking 2 kilometers away or go patang lane hum khud chale jate the we used to walk 4 5 kilometers away but i don't remember things like this happening is it is actually the times changed that they're not innocent times now because i don't think it's just that reporting has gone up or people now complain more i de- i generally think I this is happening more i believe times have changed i i believe times is saying i think it's true that i remember going to many places uh, around our house alone biking alone i couldn't imagine sending my granddaughter out now to go biking by herself is it's unthinkable mm-hmm. i mean how do you send a kid out to go cycle and i i cycled all over the place by myself or with a friend so i think yes but i do remember like this uh, slight i wouldn't call it molestation like the wrong touching Uh, happening when i was chi- a child by different people and all i remember is just running not reporting it to anyone but just getting out of there knowing that you know this is off but 
ഹാരസ്മെന്റ്സ് by older people including teachers and uh, you know members of the oh, faculty so it was, yeah it, it used to be there it was very you know i went to a sainik school so it was much more rampant and you know everything was hushed up back then so i don't mm. for me you know person I, i understand what you say when you say the times have changed you know because of access to pornography and a lot of other things oh, and also I people have lost uh, lost their innocence you know in the i think in the old days there was far more molestation within families mm. within homes um uncles and tutors and gurus and people lived in joint families yeah, at that all time, that yeah. used to happen and a lot of it was hushed up uh, anand manisha you want to weigh in on this have times changed or just the freak, the reporting on this has become more i think the reporting has changed i don't think anything has changed there was siddharth dubey's book where he wrote about molestation and harassment in doon school hmm. back in the 60s hmm. so i'm sure things happen it's just that we talk about it more now children are also more empowered to talk about stuff now i think well they're taught to they're also they're taught to talk about they're we're taught just to like more open um, while discussing yeah. all of this they're taught good touch bad touch yeah how to say no up the school mein bhi sikhate hain yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i went to a very small town hindi medium school and there were a lot of cases like this oh there were a yes. boarding school no it was not a boarding it school was a day school also. even yeah. in a day yeah, school yes. so there, there were such cases ah, there you, were a lot of but cases. then you're much younger i mean you're uh, what yeah. yeah and now in um, i think in 2000 pinky virani published bitter chocolates yeah. which documented uh, a lot of sexual harassment cases from previous decades so uh, all, uh, they were all uh, happening so then that uh also now what is there that uh, anomaly a kind of blurring of lines of morality sexualization of society as is said uh, more exposure to pornography and also the migrant population which has less access to uh, married sex that has also all uh, and the very fluid kind of urban population all these have contributed to this i think okay um i just like to move on to another subject before that i have an email to read now this email i'm reading is a very long one it's 1500 words so i will not read the whole thing but you can read it on news laundry on our website uh because it's very well written and well articulated uh, although i disagree with a couple of points but marginally i haven't really thought this through this is by dr rahul pande who's a subscriber and also a supporter of one of the nl sena projects if i not wrong it's a familiar a name yeah he's a doctor from singapore who written yeah, in yeah. so uh, he's written a really g- good long mail so we'll be publishing this as an article because the first hand account of a doctor on what his view is of what i'm going to read hello nl team like everyone else i used to write a reactive post to the hafta but this time i've decided to be proactive and this is because if i don't raise the issue i'm sure that it won't be discussed at all Disclosure I am a doctor who studied in Maharashtra and currently not practicing in India. There was a news dated 13th October quote Maharashtra cancels registration of 4548 4548MBBS doctors for not serving in rural areas unquote. I want to discuss this news at length so the word limit will be breached. Maharashtra produces maximum number of MBBS doctors in the entire country mainly due to the larger number of municipal corporations state government and central government medical colleges plus an ever growing number of private medical institutes. 
Karnataka comes a close second due to the number of private colleges. This new government rule based on which the registration will be cancelled will only apply to government medical college graduates as they are the only ones required to sign a legal bond. And he goes on to say that it's 50 lakhs for a specialist, 2 crore for a super specialist, 10 lakh for MBBS graduate. Point three he makes is what happens when the medical council registration is cancelled. The doctor is unable to practice in Maharashtra anymore. If he still chooses to practice, he will be treated as a bogus doctor and can be penalized, prosecuted thereafter. Layman may call him quack. He says they don't go to rural areas because the postgraduate education is a problem, you know, specialization is a problem. And he goes on to tell the number of reasons there are no facilities, that how it's so difficult to be a doctor and how yeah. this rule is such a problem. And he says what can happen next. He's given five points and his personal take is that, you know, I'm glad the government has finally thought out a way to enforce rural service bond. However unfavorable the terms of service are and no matter how much the government overestimates its expenditure in training a medic. So he kind of doesn't completely dismiss this. Um, so do read this. I think it's a very, very uh, balanced view by a doctor who is st- who studied in India and is practicing in Singapore now. Uh, I think it's an important subject but uh, just your thoughts on this making this mandatory because I try to th- think this through and I don't really have a position on it that you know on the one hand if we want to compete with the world and we want to be less government and more governance then you can't you know because even Delhi University uh, education is subsidized why should only doctors have the burden of improving no, society? I think I think this is putting the cart before the horse in the sense that until you have conditions in villages. I mean, look at the count of, amount of money that uh, finance minister has announced for infrastructure and roads. Now think of that going into medic, uh, medical situation. It, institu- not you can't even call them institutions, but say medical clinics or medical or health system, medical help in, vill- in rural areas and education in rural areas. Even if a portion of that was put in the rural in healthcare and and educational facilities the two together um, then sending doctors to these places where they basically work as compounders and with no facilities whatever is unfair i think it first they have to fix that system that you have a clinic then make it compulsory yeah, for them to go then you have a clinic that a doctor can actually run hmm. you know i had a remarkable experience with a doctor i went to uh, last week I have, at my age, have serious foot problems. So I went to the only podiatrist in the city and absolutely fell in love with the guy. Um, He said, you need to do this, you need to do that and all that kind of thing. And I was expecting surgery and he says, no surgery. And then I started, as is normal, asking him about where did you go study? He's from a village near Almora. Trained, uh, went to uh, medical school somewhere there nearby. Um... Then he joined the government and he was sent to the um, Andamans for five years as a doctor there. He said, I was a bachelor, enjoyed myself thoroughly, it was wonderful. Then he went to Boston and he trained as a podiatrist over there. And he said, but I had an option of staying there, but I did not want to. And I came back because I wanted to start a clinic in Almora for a give back thing he said that's where I wanted very simple guy because when he did all that he advice that he gave me and he did whatever he had to do with my feet I said why don't you come to Medanta I was so excited to meet somebody like that he says madam I'm content I do not want more money no, but he's an exception See, no. yeah but he's actually not because I've come across I have a cousin 
uh, another Dr. Trehan, Dr. Pradeep Trehan, who is also like that. He lives in a village and he he's he started a clinic. There are quite, no, quite a few sure good stories are. that we don't hear. But, but, but look at him it. now. He has He's been forced to work in Delhi. He doesn't want to because he says it's impossible. This is the thing that first r- create the systems where doctors can go to yeah, All right. I, I then get you're that. done. Get then that. you're done. Then they'll want to go. My question to you know uh, Manisha Ulek and Anand is Ulek, please start. This burden that doctors have to serve because even DU education is subsidized, IIT education is subsidized, IIM education is subsidized. All education is subsidized in our country. Why do doctors have to bear the burden of having to compulsory serve? Why is an IIM graduate not told no? First, you have to you know supervise a startup in Almora. Like, why should the doctors bear this burden? Traditionally, we have considered the service for the people, and you know, like like uh, Madhu said, you know, like if you can't build infrastructure in the rural, you know, in the hinterland, the countryside, to send them there is a waste of effort. You know, like you know, people have st- government has started now. You know, let's look towards what can be done now rather than looking at you know how it has been practiced so far people have uh, government has started talking about telemedicine and a lot of mm. other um, you know there are lofty ideas uh, they have floated now to reach um, out to villages you know and to so that you know people have access to um, high quality healthcare so sure I don't think, you know, like uh, uh, it's important if these kind of, you know, rural infrastructure for primary health care is maintained in a proper way. Do we need uh, doctors' physical presence in these parts, you know? But hmm. um, but the mindset of the government or for that matter anyone is that the profession of a physician, of the doctor is something that uh, is more... Uh, something that veers more towards um, service than making money. So that could be the reason why we have this notion about doctors should serve and uh, when it comes to IIT grads or others. Why not make it compulsory for them also if we want to build India's modern infrastructure? Why not? Anand, what is your view? Uh, Okay. Um, It it can... uh, be a part of the professional education, like uh, the uh, apprenticeship should, uh, can be of rural, uh, in rural areas, but... Uh, uh, part of the syllabus, uh, that you do six yes, months. Yes. So, Wasn't it always compulsory? Yes. So, yeah, internship it was, it's always been compulsory, inter- because I remember Naresh doing it. Uh, yeah. Internship mm-hmm. always. All. So, uh, the uh, even the previous government uh, and now also there is NRHM in place um, that is uh, National Health Ruler Mission. A uh, lot of doctors who serve in rural areas, they uh, I have seen that uh, uh, a large number of them uh, grow fascination for working with government, but in a different capacity. So because even in the clinics, they are not empowered to take decisions. They come under the clutch of bureaucracy, the district magistrate. 
and lot of doctors serving in rural areas start start preparing for civil services examination oh. to get into <laughs> IAS <laughs> to get into IAS so much or that yes mm. i have seen that um, many of my students are doctors and uh, and they have left medicine and, and why what and is the reason history and political science and that's this very and sad so uh, to get into IAS and, uh, but what what is their reason motivation because uh, uh, of the wider decision making capacities that this come to face to face with district administration and see the power of a bureaucrat there and they grow fascination for that oh yes interesting so, so uh, uh, that is also that uh, and the um, we need to have um, need to give more power to specialists and not generalists not generalists generalists sure. mm. like a bureaucrat who uh, supervises even irrigation medicine horticulture and animal husbandry everything and finance that, so Mm. That is also uh, a part of the problem, uh, and I have mentioned earlier also your health secretary is not an eminent doctor; he is an IAS officer. Sure. So, so uh, th that is all. Yeah. Uh, Manisha, you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not for uh, compulsory, uh, you know, tenure in a rural place. I think such stuff should be incentivized. You know, maybe in terms of better salary or better perks, and also with this, what you're getting is finally doctors in the early stages of their careers. Sure, you're not getting specialists. Status. You're not getting people with experience. Hmm. No, and that is Manisha's. It's interesting because this is this generation's view. My view is that it should be compulsory, and uh, as it always has been. But only for doctors. For doctors, and I'll elaborate a little further on that, and also that internship, for example internship in a public hospital like my husband did his internship in Sabdarjang getting 215 rupees a month I think was extremely important extremely useful the experience that he had of being right in there with patients in the corridors doing delivering a baby right you know outside the hospital all these things are very important experiences for doctors whatever they do afterwards General but that skills. basic thing of understanding what this country is about understanding how difficult it is for an ordinary person to just get basic medical help True. unless you're in the thick of it you won't understand and i would even take it further i would say and i know this won't be popular with the millennials but um like israel has two years of conscription in the army I think there should be a conscription of two years after college to work in villages. You mean across, not just doctors? Not just doctors, across. just everybody goes. So you're saying and you choose your field. Are you going to help in digging wells, irrigation? Are you going to help in teaching? Are you going to help in healthcare? Are you going to help in women's uh, mm. empowerment? Are you going to help with the panchayat? Choose your, make different departments and two years or make it one year, whatever. But I think that experience, which an equalizer is an equalizer which sensitizes people from all le levels of privilege and underprivilege and education and caste and creed, whatever. Everybody has to go. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that letter, Rahul. Um, that was very interesting and I'm glad you wrote it because now we have a piece, first-hand account and a very balanced one, I must add. Thank you for that. Okay, then let's talk about Gujarat election but first I want to talk about Vasundhara Raja's bill which now is in the cold storage this article in the Indian Express says it was cancelled because of the backlash and a nudge from the centre would Vasundhara Raja present such a bill without the centre's endorsement I mean my theory is that the centre wants to test the waters to see how much opposition it will get 
and then see if they can replicate this in other parts because i have no doubt uh, that uh, every government wants to control the press this government is in a position of strength like no other so their enthusiasm is going to be more and almost every government in history has tried to do this rajiv gandhi with his anti defamation law when all the editors were out on the street in india mm. gate protesting every time they've tried it it's always been slapped down by the public so my question is when will they ever learn maybe they never will but because okay you're doing it insidiously anyway all right you're controlling the press insidiously anyway in a subterranean level what more do you want to Hello. slap down no no investigations no there's no that come on and also uh, like pain on that and also what do they take us for do you do you worry that our our press has become so partisan that depending on who attacks the press journalists comment on it i mean i find that really disturbing that depending on who attacks who attacks the press. whether it is the congress or the bjp there silence from certain quarters and that for me is shocking i i didn't think we'd ever come to that stage i mean i, I the silence of many journalists on this was not missed but most no I, I, that there there has it, been no? like for example in the emergency except for indian express standing up the rest were silent the majority of indians were silent sure, that is what is forgotten we keep he- making the heroes of all the bjp people people who went to jail and goenka fighting back but i would say 99% mm, sure. of everyone else was silent but that was like 40 years ago yeah theek hai but the silence is important but matlab 40 years ago let's talk about uh, in the last si- last abhi bhi to silent hai na what i'm saying is it's not new the majority always stay silent ki tum ja ke maro no now we have a decentralization of uh, dissemination of news thanks to social media so therefore things have become far more shrill than what it used to be in terms of you know discussing news or peddling views and all so i think you know like and also back then journalism was a small uh, you know like a far more relatively a, a small group of people who knew each other handle these things now you know there is a yeah, of course and also the fact that on um, social media or even you know you don't have to meet the other person you are going to criticize and that gives a lot of immunity to a lot of people who do not uh, who would otherwise you know think twice about commenting on other, somebody else's point of view um and i think you know the muscling of the media uh, directly or indirectly by the government you know like we have it, we have seen it across the world and you know whenever there has been a wave you know be that of the left or that of the right you know it has been um, on the rise and you know i i i, I try to believe you know that it's it's it's, it's around the world we are seeing a right wing wave uh, and therefore we might see it uh, you know manifested in a larger way i mean it it could be the same even if there is a left wing wave across the world so in in india you know like uh, now a majority of the newspapers especially you know we um, uh, interact with a lot of journalists who come up with a lot of stories stories from within the government and you know you hardly find any stories uh against government departments and you know, except in uh, except in the fringe media or 
perhaps you know in a few uh, newspapers so that what happens is actually uh, the editors don't want to report it and you know, it's more than pressure from um, the government it's 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 understood that you know it's better uh, it would do well if you don't report these things because also the access to power yeah, is, is directly is, is directly sure. proportional to how much you not write about uh, uh, the you know whatever is wrong with the government okay that's but, also one reason yeah, but you know while there was silence earlier there's active endorsement now like for example when the gag order was on ndtv mm. for their documentary and then there were people like z and republic or arnab who were saying yes it's a good thing mm. what i'm saying is silence is one thing mm. arnab did a whole program on Say, how it endorse, was a good thing endorsing mm. it mm. What, that is new what i'm saying is it is so partisan that even a buffoon from hell knows what i'm saying right now goes against my principles like mm. even i think the medical associations there any doctor participating in a death penalty is violating his vow mm. even though he may be doing his duty mm. uh, so i think that is new that is it's not been like that it mm. is so partisan that mm. if you are a bjp supporting news professional you will say ha ha acha maro ne khatam karo ne mm. and if you are the other way then you'll go the other way but even silence would be acceptable Mm. but endorsement is going no, to far uh, like i said the decentralization of the whole thing whole process of discussing news and you know the pros and cons of it it is you have, we have taken to the street level you know in the sense that you know sure, so, but that's social, because me- social media that is because of social media and it it you know it becomes it's like it has a spiraling effect you know it it becomes a chain reaction of sorts you know that t- dictates what we speak even outside of the social media exactly that's extent. the problem Social and and people think you know that uh, the more aggressive that you get you know the uh, uh, more people get attracted to everyone should be salman khan basically because th- that the front benchers will whistle and clap more i completely agree that but th- i do believe that is to very small people whose entire relevance comes from social media they are stars on social media so they kind of feed that constituency but i do think there are a large number of people who form the debate and frame it who are not influenced by that but it's anand your view yes, on means uh, okay i am talking specifically about rajasthan bill mm. so um, i don't think it came from center but uh, that's an speculation uh, but uh, these kind of bills come generally in states with a strong chief ministers or chief ministers having dictated uh, means autocratic style of functioning who are dependent on bureaucrats and not going through the filter of other popular leaders so uh, this this is a bureaucracy dictated kind of bill so, and uh, a bureaucracy is uh, the obvious beneficiary here yeah and uh, also uh, these kind of bills uh, as we have discussed are counterproductive and only a uh, dim-witted political leader would uh, pass this uh, for the simple reason that uh, in as ullek said that uh, in digital media space uh, it becomes counterproductive in the way that media narratives have lost uh, legitimacy with people and this kind of gag orders give a moral legitimacy to the media so why you are giving legitimacy to someone who are you are fearing they have already lost public uh, legitimacy people don't trust media narratives as uh, something without bias and un- unbiased so don't give them moral legitimacy just keep let them say what they say hmm 
Manisha? I don't know if it came from the center, but this is what the MOS Law and Justice uh, P.P. Chaudhary said about the ordinance. This is a perfect and balanced law. The media has also been kept in mind and individuals' rights have also been kept in mind. This law is very important in this time. So this was the MOS Law justifying it. But I don't know. I think this, uh, everyone was against it. I saw that Republic uh, did this whole Raja sure. take back. The, so I don't think anyone supported it uh, in the media. I think most journalists were pretty mm. vocal because obviously yeah, if you can't report on you can't report on anything at all if this ordinance was passed mm. so it's a similar one that Rahul Gandhi tried to get passed which was killed before it even appeared it was filed by one of his congress party workers um in simi- almost similar to this that you cannot do an investigation uh with and if it is done it is criminal and, I, and I all that i think there is already anti defamation it was a defamation not anti, no not rahul gandhi Ra- oh, right. rajiv gandhi did anti defamation rahul gandhi is some woman congress party uh, woman had filed it under his instructions which which basically was pretty similar to this minachi some ha right minachi yeah. so uh there's a karodpati kon banega candidate hmm. so he uh <laughs> he had to shelve it because there was such an uproar section 66 say they slipped in when nobody was living uh, paying attention nobody was paying attention hmm. so and then again that also had to be withdrawn so i think there's a lesson for them in this that you know if you're going to do these kind of overt and they don't need to do it at this point you know what i would like to discuss is the uh exposes that indian express has done on the coal coal in goa mm. okay so f- i'll just read out this email then we go straight to madhu and goa this is from vishnu j vishnu j says hi news laundry hafta team this is vishnu j from tiruvananthapuram and i'm not a subscriber yet mufat khor mufat ne teri chitthi pad lo dekh that's only because we have another person from your state here So, just came to know about news laundry this past week with so many biased media outlets on the market it's very hard to find the truth on any matter gone are the days when we could believe something that comes on television news i usually follow the hindu raj sabha tv and now news laundry really liked the free hafta ad this past week how will you have unbiased news if you follow hindu <laughs> says anand exactly <laughs> or if you follow anyone anyone you need to But follow everyone you need to follow this everyone exactly multiple sources as long as they don't put out and out shit like you know there are many who just make up their own stuff anyway now this ongoing rss versus left feud in kerala is just to mask the inefficiency and failure of pinnari government in my opinion the cpim has spent more money on advertisements than on social welfare <laughs> now on the taj issue even the moguls and other rulers obviously committed grave crimes but we can't rewrite history and say they are traitors they did what every king hindu or muslim does that is oppression of the peasant class to meet their luxurious lifestyle and extravagant buildings which is true yeah. on another note i would like the government to build a partition museum showcasing the worst episode in indian history madhu this you had given an idea like this a while ago no, hadn't you no akishwar aluwalia has built a partition museum oh, okay. Uh, in in amritsar which she's been bugging me to contribute to which okay. i haven't so far but <laughs> you she, must <laughs> because vishnu j says so but apparently she's built a rather beautiful oh, museum is it open experience. to uh, public yes no. um so he says uh, showcasing the worst episode in indian history which we have conveniently forgotten we should model it on auschwitz we should memorialize the gross atrocities committed by fellow human beings on one another and learn from it so that we don't repeat these mistakes ever again and not build such huge statues which have no utility other than being a swachh bharat toilet for birds i would recommend a website by patrick uh, french hmm. which is the most intriguing website ever because here's an englishman living in india 
who's created a website in which he's gone and interviewed people in Punjab about the partition and the recordings that he's got. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. They're just amazing. There's this old Sardar who says in Punjabi that, And they're all on record. And he says, because he says, I, he, he says, I saw my daughter, my wife being raped mm. and killed in front of me. And I took revenge. Hmm. Um, Vishnu Jay says yours faithfully Vishnu Jay PS pardon the grammatical errors PPS will subscribe soon I hope so Vishnu please do and PPPS please mention the Ayurveda clinic Madhu ma'am visited in Trivandrum Madhu you visited some Ayurveda <laughs> clinic which you have apparently mentioned on Hafta yeah. and Vishnu wants to know unko free advertising de. free advertising okay Madhu ni batana chati Kalari Kalari Rayasana Kalari Rayasana near Trivandrum Okay. And a is it like a clinic or is it like a spaish place? It's not a spa at all. It's brutal. <laughs> it's totally brutal. It's like I wouldn't recommend it to anybody because I don't want them to go there and curse. It's near Puwar. It is near uh, beach. It's near beach. I don't know. It's in a village. But it's very comfortable, very clean. But their regimen is based on uh, 12th century texts. Because if you want to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know waver away from any of it they'll pull out the text and sh- show you and and they even have those texts even have information on wine from red grapes is good for this wine from white grapes beer made from this is good for that Shallow. they have so, a bar <laughs> they don't have a bar the bar is the bar is chota no 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 on the rocks i'll tell you what chota on the rocks you get you get uh, a quarter glass of medicated ghee to drink which the first time you have it uh, you don't know which orifice to take care of. No, no, this is really lethal stuff and it's tough, but it's uh, it's good for you and I would recommend it at my age. You don't need to go now. We have a couple other mails. In fact, one of these emails is addressed to both the Anands particularly, so I will only read this when Anand is also here so that he can uh, respond to it if he likes. So, Madhu, you were talking about Goa. Indian Express has done two stories today and yesterday. I mean, it's a the same story, yeah. Same story, which is huge. You talk about Jindal, um, Vedanta, yeah, um, and Adani's, 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 who are dumping coal by the. You know, the air quality in Goa is right now six hundred and thirty. Whoa, six hundred and thirty. Beyond danger levels, and these people are doing it with impunity. And there have been several PILs, as as it says in the report, filed. Mm, but mm. nobody's paying any attention because obviously everybody's being paid off. So, so while other countries uh, clean their beaches, create tourism areas, we are creating the one of the most beautiful parts of our country, the Goan beaches, destroyed. It's from a beautiful tourist place or even a home. Uh, it's become a, pl- a beautiful place to live. It's become a hellhole. Is Express still the only one doing such in-depth, big I think stories? So. Newspapers, yeah. They're the only ones who give it time. Like, they'll do a three-month-long thing. Now, this took a, a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Three months. travelled. No? He went yeah. on on the trains. Because you have to see where the train comes from, yeah. where it goes. He went, to all the, he went on the routes. I mean, that's real journalism. Sure, yeah. I think it's a great story. Everyone should read it. And, and this kind of journalism has to be acknowledged and rewarded. Um, but any have you guys read it? Any views on this story? Can anything control big corporates like this? 
My question is unlikely. Yeah, I mean, on a on a, I mean, the national uh, the Green Tribunal has successfully closed down uh, this Ganna sugarcane factories in in um, Gajrola hmm. um, because of the pollution they were creating. In fact, when you drove, you might have smelt it when you drove. Drive to Corbett Park. Sure, that whole that belt, this that sugar belt, belt. it sure. stinks so bad. But that's bad. been like that for the longest you can't time. Breathe, but, but but they've shut shut them down. But in real terms, they cause way less pollution than something like this. That's what I'm saying. That they that is way less pollution. Hmm. But this is really and it's it's creating lung disease. It's like living in a coal mine. But then again, our country needs coal. Yeah, uh, views on this. Yeah, people. that is one aspect of the story. I wanted to know a like what exactly were they flouting the environmental norms? I haven't read the story that has come today, but yesterday, whatever I read, they are uh, taking more quantities of coal than is permissible. But I wanted to know in transport, what I mean, how can you stop the ash from flying, and how, how I mean, how can you? Curtail it because you do have to transport it and you'll yeah, do it by it rail be or you'll do containers. It by, yeah, like what kind of? I think they're just using trapoline right now, which is not good. Trapoline sheets. I mm. wanted to. That wasn't clear to me. I'd like to know like what exactly are they violating, and also what are the other options if you don't do it via train, road. Uh, what what else? do you do? How do you? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Anand. No, I am not technically equipped to comment on this. Oleg, sir. No, it's, it, it's anyway. not just a question <laughs> of uh, mm. it's not just a question of them flouting environmental norms, mm. uh, carrying uh, coal, but uh, they walk away with impunity, flouting a lot of other um, rules, uh, other laws of the land, including. And uh, if you look at the banking crisis, we might uh, discuss. I think RBI recapitalization right. bonds. Mm. But if you look at uh, the banks, um, you know that have been badly affected. You know, because of uh, crony capitalism that we had been practicing for a long time and through which, uh, you know, a handful of or maybe maximum 50 top corporates benefited from this, let's say, by the government, you know, and, you know, like which was a thing that squeezed out a lot of um, funds and deposits from public sector banks which which is the reason why and you know we we are facing that kind of a extremely difficult situation where the banks can't lend and uh, those people who have been borrowing for a long time sure. uh, can't borrow and majority of these people are these people who are flouting uh, all kinds of laws so that's the other side of it you know this whole thing uh, if you don't recapitalize banks then what do you do I mean, you can't let a ba- if a bank sinks, collapses. Is that it an effective? Is it an effective thing that they are going to do now? Because what? No, no, I completely agree. Actually, the point I'm making is that you can't do it, as in you can't let a bank fail because that would lead to way more catastrophe. But at the same time, since they are not making the defaulters public, we don't know if the same guys are continuing to get loans or not. You don't know what's happening. That the opaqueness is a problem. But this problem was manifest in. A million times bigger, you know, size during Lehman. You know, when when they allowed Lehman to collapse, the whole too big to fail, whether it was Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, mm. and that entire you know socializing losses while privatizing profits, and you know, for a while Rolling Stones did that story on on um, Goldman uh, Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Uh, being this giant leech mm. sucking mm. humanity. Matt Tabby, Matt Tabby I don't know if anyone's so, seen that documentary on Adani. Um, I've I've seen it on Australia. It, yeah. and, it was online, and then they did interviews of people in Goa. Mm. Um, 
uh, of uh, you know young people not being able to breathe no but the whole too big to fail thing you know and the guy who filed the PIL he was also on the, on camera saying that his case is going nowhere well the guy in australia also had a problem that his case was going nowhere but you know this too big to fail problem it should have been addressed back then and there were all sorts of signs that it will be addressed but even today banks are too big to fail let's face it if any of the banks in the us or even here have flouted every corporate governance norm forget corporate governance have even done criminal behavior you allow a bank to fail banks are a monopoly how many new banks come up in a decade hardly any so i think this is an inherent problem with capitalism itself i mean we can keep continuing to curse a particular bank or a particular board of governors or a particular government because of the all pervasiveness of capitalism being this beautiful thing it is one of the basic failings of capitalism and unless that is addressed this will keep happening every decade and we can keep pretending that we are solving the problem it is it is a problem with the economic system that has become the silver bullet across the world actually we have had regulators and you know the role of the regulator has always been uh, uh, you know brought down to that of uh, uh, very coy uh, uh, accomplice to the government which is when we have cronyism replacing capitalism that is what uh, often But happens but this is not specific to government banks i mean the why gave the lehman's example any bank government or private will have moral hazard it will go down that path it is inevitable so this whole it's a government bank like a lot of people are saying we bank nationalize karke galti kar di private bank mein to hota hi nahi yaar which world are you guys living in here and private bank mein ye nahi hota really were you sleeping during 2008 it's not unique to government banks i i disagree no in the us it's entirely different because it's it's you know they have let market forces decide everything but specific to india this is happening more in the case of public sector banks because other banks refuse to do that they don't want to be over leveraged uh you know by they might do a lot of concessions uh, for gaining some kind of concessions back but not in the style of what's happening in the us so no uh, i don't think it's a very deep systemic problem is there any thing other than recapitalization can anything else being done for all the criticism recapitalization is getting no no you have to do that right yes and but uh, i i would not see it as a socialism versus capitalism debate uh systems will need banks so that that is one thing it has been done a bit late that is the problem with it uh, i think it should not have been done in the fourth or uh, third fourth year of a government similarly gst and demonetization for good or bad they are this uh, the government should have done it earlier they are for all uh criticism for all they are brave moves means brave moves in the sense of policy that uh, but uh, the damage control this government has very less time for the damage control so i just want to add one more point to that because we are using commercial banks for uh projects with uh, long gestation periods like you know especially infrastructure projects and which is a tragedy and we have you know despite uh, despite pleas to uh, uh, the contrary by the likes of raghuram rajan for developing deep bond markets that can finance uh, long gestation projects we have not done anything in that direction it's 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 i think commercial banks are going to face uh, 
major problems you know in the future if we don't have uh, deeper bond markets in place and then the so these are recapitulation bonds and all these mm-hmm. things capitalization bonds and all it's just uh, uh, it it's just um um a solution that's um, bordering on the superficial because what we need to do is to uh, encourage deeper bond markets to happen okay so now let's just wind up with um sorry manisha you want to talk about the hate tracker before i wind up the hate yeah, tracker hate was yeah hate tracker and ntv also no two things ntv had a hate tra- no. uh, yeah ntv uh, that's we ending up barkha okay, was okay. ntv so yeah well uh, the uh, ht had come up with an uh, a project a multimedia project about uh, i think it's been what say 6 months or 5 months called the hate tracker where they uh, recorded instances of uh, uh, hate crimes and mob violence um so that came under a lot of flag there was some speculation that there was tension among the owners and the editors because of it uh, the former editor bobby ghosh this was one of his pet projects he left and uh, there's a new editor sukumar who used to earlier be the editor of mint who's now the editor of hindustan times so i think he uh, he joined he formally became the editor this week early this week and ht hate tracker was pulled out last yesterday uh this was uh, this got a lot of praise hate tracker from a lot of people on twitter who felt it was important after incidents like uh, junaid's lynching i wish anand was here cuz it was his yeah. pet peeve and anand ranganathan has been very very critical of this on twitter he felt it was very biased he felt that it wasn't recording all instances mm. and was selectively looking at instances where the victim was a minority uh i think it's really tragic irrespective of whether you didn't like the project or like the project that an organization just pulled it down without an explanation a, a high pro- a project that really got everyone talking without any explanation at all it cannot bode well for journalism uh you should either have explained why you're doing it uh just pretending like this never happened is just this is this exactly the sort of thing that makes people trust journalism less when you just take it off thinking that you don't need to explain to your readers why i personally thought that uh, Uh, ProPublica actually has something like this called documenting hate where again they uh, document instances of hate crime i think the ht hate tracker suffered with some issues like i think the methodology should have been more focused i think they should have had a decadal uh, they should have taken instances from at least 10 years so that you have a trend and maybe they could have been a little receptive to the criticism they got instead of just uh, you know backing out and then making a big deal about it and then pulling it down they could have engaged with people who were criticizing it and uh, maybe could have had a more robust definition of what they were doing like were they doing hate crimes were they doing mob lynchings if mob lynchings and what type of mob lynchings they should have framed but, it yeah they could have framed it more and uh, i think even news laundry we've also done something like this called silenced where we are tracking journalists, journalists who've, been who've been murdered now if there's some criticism for it you should be open to it and you know sure i mean that's exactly what multimedia projects on internet should be doing engage with the audience that you're you know putting out information to but to pull it down because of criticism is just beyond me oh lake okay don't have you on this anand no i am just imagining that if uh, they were had to pull it down on some day in future what do would we do what would uh, they write what is the t- time frame for a hit track uh, means um, so for 100 years 200 years they will keep it going or when nda is voted out of power they will stop it means how would they phrase their statement uh, it would be interest it would have been interesting to see 
so um, that uh, we were deprived of that entertainment second <laughs> uh, second is that i have a problem with what is uh, uh, of course as uh, rangnathan pointed out it was biased it was selective in also the the definition of hate crime so uh, i have written a piece on it where a um, lot of uh, cases of uh, say uh, regular crime where the responsibility should have been fixed uh, about individuals and not uh, they, they were not communal crimes hmm. some of them were but some, some of them were not so uh, um, their definition of uh, hate crime was flawed Mm-hmm. I, 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 that i am adding to rangnathan's criticism that it was selective it was also that uh, some uh, crimes which are grave but which are banal individual versus individual citizen versus citizen they took it as a community versus community madhu your view i think it's very difficult to define hmm. so when you say hate tracker if i was running it as an editor my biggest problem would be the definition of it hmm. so uh how do you define exactly whether a particular crime is a hate crime is an honor killing a hate crime if there is love jihad is that a hate crime um is it a beef thing mm. is it against uh, a rightist there have been many killings of rss and vhp workers were they including those also in mm. it so i think just starting something like that seems like it's almost like a lock mm. let's start a hate tracker from a bunch of liberals but then uh, journalistically how do you make it correct that is my problem like if you do something like that i think it has to be journalistically FBI stand up i don't think it can stand up but you know what you the fbi has a very useful definition for hate crime and i think they could have done that they could have looked at where uh, investigative agencies how do they go about defining hate yeah. crime Actually, so it's a regular crime like a murder or arson with an added element of bias against sexuality but i was about religion. to come to that so like the nigerian who was beaten up um uh, for stealing yeah. and tied to a pole was that a hate crime so they go into stuff like were they racial slurs that? used because yeah, no, you that's know, stuff like that so you really look into a case no, that's supposing no. the robber was an in, uh, hindu was then a, a hate crime if the community there was muslim or vice versa if the it was uh, uh, the, the thing muslim is slim with a hindu i think crowd, it's, in, it's very difficult in pro publica in the us racism is it's not layered in that sense you know it's a black versus white or hispanic it's a, it's a white dominance issue here there are hate is there's a community angle there's a caste angle there's a religious angle there's a sub community angle there are gender angles it, it it becomes very complicated in our country and also you know in many cases it'd be a genuine confusion about is this a is this on for, for basically did this happen because of community religion or person versus person for example the uh, you know killing on the local train in in the delhi train you know which was horrible now many people said it was about now no one getting up for a seat and then it turned out to be those guys are muslim these guys are hindus now in my view it could have started as a regular clash but depending on the locality and the environment political environment one would use religion as a lever i've seen that happen in front of my own eyes uh, in delhi depending on what the climate was in which locality you were in So then, is it hate or is it a banal crime? Like this, you see, uh, that's, there's this always going to be a problem. Work, this, yeah. That will uh, always exist. A woman from a marginalized community was beaten and killed for touching 
upper caste garbage. Hmm. Now, My is God, there this uh, story yeah. in the Indian accent, she died and she and was she pregnant. Died. Yeah. And, she and, fell, and yeah. can you imagine? So, is that a hate crime? That's I a think caste it is. crime for sure. Sure. That is so a ca- crime almost every... Because I mean, you're not... That, the, the, but that any was... Any killing involves some element of hatred. Yeah, but, no, but that was clear because a caste person touched something. But I'm saying... The trigger uh, 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 was... Uh, a trigger can be a seat. But hmm. it can reach a certain level because of communities, you know, that... I think the concept of a hate tracker is flawed. I don't think it's flawed. I think it requires how do you, I think how it requires do you robust it? methodology. I can see that every day there'd be two hour arguments on define on the definition of is this crime a hate like like but the seat is, fight? Is this a hate crime or is it a seat so fight? So there are a number of ways. If if there's racial the seat slurs fight and in the white. heat of the moment you uh, just uh, have a, rich, a religious slur. Hmm as an addition to the choices expletives that you are mm. sprouting out mm. so that's not a hate crime it's just an addition to an expletive that judgment call that happens many times sure but that judgment call is it's yeah it's a difficult judgment call but i th- i'd agree with manisha the credibility in in the business we're in i mean it's not math there are no theorems so it is an editorial decision which is always going to be subjective now if you can define what your subjective parameters are then those who want to follow it and give it credibility go ahead with those who don't reject it but that's true for anything in the news space it's it, i mean it's not unique to the hate track i mean for me any piece that i read has a subjective slant of whoever's written it so it's up to me whether i want to give that organization credibility or not and consume it but it will always be subjective i i don't see how it will everyone will agree that that's a hate crime or not Yeah but what you can do is insulate yourself by just a better methodology and really looking into each case and the context and specifics of each case you know i want to add a point about even national crime records bureau doesn't have the number of you know i wanted to find out about the number of people who have uh, died who were killed in political violence in uh, in kanur you know so they didn't have the number so even they the explanation some of the officers gave me was that it was very difficult to find out you know the real reasons why and also the reasons why you can conclusively call it a political crime so these are the hazards that even people who are used to collecting and mining data yeah sure you know face constantly so you know so serving a, you know i have this you know i don't i didn't want to comment on this because it was a journalistic project and it's now ended but the point is it, it there is a, there is a, there's an element of serving a you know instant noodle uh, kind of a thing What in Madhu this was saying, yeah so it, it, yeah so you know and instead of trying to report a crime you know by sending reporters and uh, bringing out uh, all angles that are involved you know like wasting time on these kind of things it becomes timber that, for you know ideally should be left to the government or some somebody you know they're doing it because they have a group of uh, experts or you know you should even hire a data scientist or somebody to have done it hmm. but this was a piecemeal kind of a thing and i i don't know where these people and got the idea and maybe a little gimmicky also with mm. the hateometer and all that so yeah. i do think there were problems with but then pulling down something like this without explaining is i think worse than a half baked project um so okay now we going to end with the barkha versus ndtv matlab itna masala to she suddenly become the favorite of right wingers hyderabadi biryani khai thi tab se nahi she's your favorite no she suddenly become a favorite among the right wingers suddenly you have like people like op india writing like nice pieces of her without any are you kidding me really yeah yeah with like that's you know, about her that opens up I about her i can't believe tough. it yeah. <laughs> but okay now 
for those of you who have been living under a rock, Barkha put out this Facebook post about her second Facebook post about. I NDTV wish I was under a rock, really. And and how you know she was hounded out of there, and how she stood up, and after Srinivas and Jain put out a Facebook post because his story on Amit Shah was taken down on Jain yeah, Shah. Yeah, NDTV pulled down his. And he report. said my story is accurate. There is nothing libelous in it, and I have to put it out as a journalist because I have to protect my journalism while the company is protecting itself because they're scared of Amit Shah's son or whatever it is. Which is a sad reflection in any case. He basically said that this is an aberration, and I will continue being in NDTV because this is an aberration. Barkha countered it, saying this is not an aberration. It's happened to me. My interviews were killed with Peter Dambram. Hmm. Nikhil Gokhale's interview she brought up, which News Laundry had reported yes. back in 2014. After that, Shrinivasan Jain countered her, saying that you know, uh, and Sonia Singh also got into this, saying that these people who made a reputation, made their careers because of NDTV, are now saying things about it. To which then she came up with the second post detailing right. everything I, that's wrong. With I, I tweeted that if you <laughs> spend all your time bitching about your employer who you spent an unusually long time with, whether it's a partner, employee, anyone, it says more about you than them. Of course, someone tagged her and she said, "I don't need to, whatever. I don't care for Abhinav Sekhar's endorsement, which no one should actually." But no, I don't agree with you there. But, you can but, be jilted. Yeah, but the point I was making was not based on one Facebook post. Ever since. She quit slash was not renewed at NDTV. She has been tweeting figures, hmm, interesting dip in figures or whatever. You know, it has been this very sly. Any bad news that happened to NDTV, hmm, or a smiley or this, and no one was fooled. I mean, we were all watching it. It was in very poor taste. If you're walking out of something, walk out on issue, on an issue. If tomorrow I say kill this story and someone says I'm leaving right now because that is a conflict point, I can understand. Then you bitch them out. This was the issue. No issue. On their ratings, one day she's bitching them out. One day she's bitching them out because they hold a protest march. One day she's bitching them out for something else. Sorry, that is. But this is very idealist. You can't walk out over one story being killed. Everyone has like rents to pay, stuff like that. So maybe she, she raised these issues for with 19 them. For 19 years or 20. What I'm saying is. But expecting someone to even I left is... news track when Madhu quit. Yeah, it took no, me a year, but I was never free. 20 years. Yeah. But, but I tell you what, no journalist leaves for these great things like freedom of speech. Everyone knows in every newsroom stories get killed. And, and there, there is try a, and work your way around so that, it. That's what I'm saying. So what and is this you, whole you thing of hers? Um, they didn't do sack her after the radio tapes incident. So uh, they didn't yeah. sack her after the Nira Rai mistake. mistake huh? They stood so, by uh, yeah, and, and, and gave her a full program. Mm. That was their mistake. <laughs> no, but she wrote that they have, didn't do any favors. I have a completely different theory on this. On a different tangent, you should never like stand by people. Like Pranav stood by Barkha, she bitched him out. Advani stood by Modi, he, he screwed him, him up. So you should never really stand. Nice. This is a what new. Lovely. That's a new gyan. That's what the I have learned. That's, that's, that's the never worst thing. Never stand by anyone. Listeners, do not listen to this millennial saying "Don't stand Look, by anybody." How much Advani did for Modi? For Modi, ne kya karay? That's life, darling. You do not have to say that <laughs> I will not stand by people. Don't become cynical. Exactly. Anand. So yes, uh, that uh, people. I'll never love people, again. Oh please, <laughs> don't live on matters of principle. They should have a higher monetary principles to leave. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, in modern offices, principal positions have come to a point where calculators come out. So, <laughs> that was Manu Joseph on Hartos. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> in, the, in the interview, that's what he said. In the interviews, he gave to Madhu. In the interview, he gave to Madhu. No, no, that. no. Sorry, he gave to Hoot. Hoot, okay. Hoot uh, in when uh, you mixing me up with Hoot? No, <laughs> no. no. He, he gave to. Uh, there was an email interview with Hartos and Manu mm-hmm. on Hoot. Madhu, your view. 
See, I would say that, you know, when you're working in a large news organization, and I've worked in a few, where a lot of decisions are taken which you don't like. I have lived with decisions which I didn't like. But you live with them because you're working in a, in a large news organization and you cannot have your way every time. So for whatever reason, and I think most journalists who have worked in large news organizations have experienced it. Not only just a story getting killed, but something that you've been working on gets taken away and given to somebody else. And you go and question the editor that, listen, it's my story. How did this happen? How have you given it to somebody else? These A lot of things happen. It's not just one thing. A lot of things happen of Kitpit in a news organization where things don't go your way. And I've been through that. Um, it's a part of maturing that you have to, everything will not go your way. Stop being a brat. You have to learn to live with it. If it's totally against your principles, like, you know, something where you're being asked to do something dishonest, then I think it comes to a situation where you say, I'm not going to do it and refuse to do it. And if you can still continue to work in that organization, that I've seen happen also, where somebody's been asked to do a, a planted story or a story which has an agenda. And you say, I'm sorry, it's incorrect. I will not do it without getting the other side. And you continue to work there. And then they learn that you're the person in this organization who won't do it. Hmm. So they don't come to you anymore. Or you quit. And I would tell you that you'd be quitting every five days from every news organization because all kinds of things happen. But I would say that you stick by your guns and you stay there and you work your way through. That's my, my take on it. However, if it's a principal thing, then if it's something so dishonest that you're being asked repeatedly to do, then you have to consider leaving. No, but my point is, if, you are, if there's this constant whine and this constant bitch... No, that's true, which of, is what I was of, coming of to. That I think if in a place where you spent 20 years, I can understand you spent three years there, so do three miserable years. Or oh, there were 20 miserable years, then why did, it, did you spend no, 20? No, but I could write an encyclopedia on all my experiences of all the shitty things that have been done to me and stories stolen from me, stories stolen from within the organization, stories stolen by other organizations. This happens, yeah, shit happens. What are you going to sit on? You know, I, I don't agree with uh, going on. I ha I person this is a personal thing that I didn't, I didn't do it and I won't do it. I have a lot of dirt on everybody. I won't do it. It's just not my scene. I'm a journalist. I just want to do my job. You know, I do think though it's completely fair to call out NDTV on pulling that story down hmm. and calling out Srinivas and Jain also for saying it's an aberration because it's not. Your organization has pulled down a lot of pieces, has hmm. censored pieces. Memos have been sent out saying that we will not question the government on national security and the army. Right. So stop being on this high pedestal. So I think it's fair to call him out on that. And because NDTV positions itself as this uh, organization that's the last, you know, line, you know, holding the last whatever great values of ethical journalism and standing up to the government. So then if you're doing all this, it's fair to then criticize them. And no, Did they hold themselves up that when the Congress party was in power? They couldn't have. No, that's but, what I'm no, saying. But, uh, but, so no, then but, there's no bastion of anything. Because when the, UPA was positioning. In, when the UPA was in power, then they were all, all these... Uh, you know, no, their self-perception of themselves. Yeah, no, so, but the but point so is, I completely agree with that. <laughs> no, but I, I completely agree with that, that it's fair to call them out on that. I'm talking specifically Barkha's entire tome talking about how everything was so miserable there. My the point, last my, my point she had is, a very good career there. She's my an excellent point journalist. Is, She's one of our not, best interviewers. You can call someone out on this. There are, there's a way of saying Sir, you're wrong. And there's a way of saying, Abhi, chute, hai, hai, kya? 
you know so clearly the I, I last disagree. few years weren't good for her but from her post it seems the last two years she was sidelined she was kind of she felt like she wasn't given her due so perhaps if you spent like 20 years in an organization and you leave on a note feeling like okay you gave a lot and didn't get But you know, listen, so everybody I mean, leaves on that. So, note. so introduce me to someone everybody who has felt that they got more out of the organization than they gave to. Everyone no, no, no. Thinks everyone that thinks that. Shouldering the ball. Management I mean, talking here. No, no it's also imagined. Like I met, I was, I met somebody's mother at a party, and her daughter was like a junior, junior researcher, and she told me, "Oh, I believe you don't come to the office at all." She runs. My daughter runs. I said, "What's her name?" I didn't even know her name. She was. Like a bunch of track. I remember they were so. Look, dude, everyone, everyone thinks that they are giving lot to the organization. Sunil Sethi was going around telling games. everyone Sorry. he was running India today. So Arun really flipped one day and he said, "Okay, Sunil, since you're running India today, run it." NDTV. NDTV is also seeing the casualty of uh, of promoting too many. Star journalists, celebrity culture, Pre- celebrity Pre- journalists. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. I think that's also. Uh, so uh, that is, and their present situation is uh, say what Tolstoy begins his Anna Karenina with the lines that every happy family resembles one another, mm-hmm. and every unhappy family is unhappy in its own mm-hmm. ways. So, <laughs> and they they are finding new ways to be unhappy. But you're so, right there that I do think all journalists should know that that no organize. I mean, no one's running any organization. It's no, true, also, and everyone's no, in dis- like some of her criticisms no are just plain. Yeah. I just find not some. Sorry, Ulek, you want to yeah. wait on this? <laughs> I, I didn't. I haven't read her. Uh, Where have you been? You've been reporting. <laughs> you've been doing journalism, <laughs> dude. This is gossip. He's time. not interested in gossip. You're not interested He's in gossip. doing journalism, not reading about journalism. No. <laughs> See, yeah. my point is, most of the project, for for example, they said when they were, you know, standing at the press club, back channel discussions are happening. Of course, so I mean. People, oh my God! You were discussing, dude. Yeah, I'm sorry. I again disagree on this because mm-hmm. then don't position yourself as this crusader against the government. If you're meeting them in the evening and saying, please, please, case wapis lelo. Okay. Now here's like, how. Then don't just just be ki mai. No, no. Because, be a Samir Jain. No, no. You don't have to be exactly. Now the thing is, either you're a Samir Jain or you are, uh, uh, you know, the Helkov 2000, which got killed. Everything exists between those two ends of the spectrum. You have to understand. If you think anyone. not just management and governments even journalists and management then my point is then if you want if that is the position you expect from management let's say any journalist who disagrees with anything management says quit that day why no. are you negotiating with us but then if i say that i'll do it and i don't that's the problem no no you you can still no, can. you can that still I have a debate salary. i'm never going to like so you know even, take a very uh, and most journalists are like that everyone so thinks about their like that so is management they're not thinking about rerens they're thinking about but then be honest about it don't but say that we're no, going to fight till, say, what was that speech that he gave in yes, press club yes we will fight what i'm my saying my wife is, and i will fight can, till we die yes so so you can no. do both that's what i don't understand uh, this assumption that you only do one going in the evening no you still are the point i'm making is that whether at any level take it at indo park level there's back channel diplomatic things happening even while there's a war being fought take what it in college let me finish what i'm saying then you can finish what you're saying let's not talk over each other when i was in college there would be one gang who tell the other meet me in the hindu parking lot this evening in the evening in all likelihood there'd be stitches there'd be faces broken but even before that 5 o'clock in the evening happened there'd be people from both gangs trying to make sure that it doesn't lead to that at the end it happens at the student level it happens at country's level if you think while any confrontation standoff is happening there is no peaceful resolution that is being attempted you are living in la la land you can't compare pranav to the country like that is very different no, running a country in diplomatic back channels is different i'm seeing at every level to give you an example 
Siddharth Sarjan has put up a brave fight with Amit Shah and saying we will not whatever. If there's a back channel talk happening with Jaisa, ki please a case wapas le lo. Will we not call them out? Don't position yourself as something that you're not. That's what Pranoy Roy did. He positioned himself in that no, press club no. thing that I'm going to fight this government. I'll go down with my whatever legacy and my wonderful family and no, no, blah, blah, blah. Do you think hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you sure no, no, that back channels are... I just want to correct you. One That's assumption what? of yours, Bar- you may call them out. But if I think right now, if... Uh, Siddharth Farjanan's lawyers are sitting with Jaisha's lawyers to settle this without going to court. I will. I will. That's an out of court settlement. Hang on, hang on. But Let me finish. You asked a question. Hmm. Now I'll finish. Then you talk. Then I think it will be a very smart thing to do. If their lawyer is saying, "Fuck it, don't talk to anyone. You'll see them in court." I tell them to fire that lawyer. But again, you're going to an extreme example. And out you of court settlement is fine. But what I'm saying, if they're calling up ministers and saying, "Please, yar, case wapas le lo," or "Please, let's just forget it," ham. If you're doing that, are that is doing different. I don't know if they're groveling. So that you is are just, what Barkha, no, that post suggests. No, no. So what do you mean? Please, you are doing this. They sought a meeting which they didn't get. So I don't get how you have gone from no, her seeking... No, her post. Okay, okay. I don't see the talk. groveling part. If yeah, you're it's trying just, to negotiate you have, and find a way out of a predicament, that's not groveling. But read Barkha, that's post. It suggests that they were trying to like, you know, settle this and... No, it suggests like, that they're trying to... The tone is... This is you're putting in a lot. Uh, you know, your own stuff. It just stuff. says you're there was an attempt for a meeting. word of groveling the word of you know uh, if if you are in trouble and you're trying to survive and you're trying to find your way out of it i don't see that as groveling her post the tone of her post suggests well, that it was how does she pleading ha huh, that is all that i no, how does she know and what is the tone of the post what is groveling and apranoy and radhika I mean, confiding readers, in uh, confiding in her that we are groveling And you're reading things into it. All that I'm not it. going to. That maybe she's just so, made so, this up. So and here, but, but I'm not what I'm saying is, if it's it true, it's I'm not fine saying she's too. made it up. What I'm saying is that let's not read into more than what Barkha's written. No, no, she but, hasn't used the but word. But all groveling. I'm saying is, there's also a change in your position, Manisha. You've you gone have. from saying you've used the word no meeting to groveling. Are you saying they shouldn't even meet? Because I, I, I think it's. I don't think you should of, be. If you're fighting the government and fight, then I don't think you should be. You should not even meeting them. Get the cases. Yeah. So that so so it's, so you're not talking about groveling because you just went to groveling right now. Well, her post suggests no, no, groveling. Irrespective, your own words. I'll read it out. You can't. No, no, irrespective. No, no. My question no. is different. Your Manisha position was in words. your position was they shouldn't even meet. Okay, let's say they weren't groveling or were groveling. Your position is whether they're groveling or not, they shouldn't even meet. Is that right? Meet to settle the only? cases yes. and so make sure that meet. they the cases are taken back. Yeah, so they shouldn't even meet. Yeah, the cases can't be taken back. There's no such thing. I mean, that's what that's technically impossible. Easy on them and to not. No, that's not that's not what happens. Nobody meets to go to say please go easy on us. Nobody meets to say meets to say that please take them away. They won't. They can't do that. That's impossible. I think there's a meeting. It's always a discussion like how can we work this through. And I think they're entitled to that. And whether it's groveling or not, we don't know, right? And you don't know what uh, Siddharth Vardarajan is doing. We have no idea. I'm not implying that he is, but so we don't know that. You are just giving an example. She is not suggesting that Siddharth Vardarajan. No, I, I don't. But hmm. I would. I would. No, but you're out. giving you an example with the pre- presumption that Siddharth Vardarajan is not negotiating. He's fighting with all battle, uh, 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 a battle out there. We don't know and whether what is he is happening. or he isn't. It's it's different anyway. I think, I think every. I'm saying as an example. But I think if the, he's not, yeah, if, if it's a I choice would, of him to survive or close wire down. But it is one post against the other. If uh, if uh, if Siddharth is given Barkha's a choice, Barkha's post sorry. has not to be believed. Then Srinivasan's post has also to be no, not no, believed. I'm, I'm not saying don't believe We're it. She's putting believing. in. She's putting in meanings which Barkha hasn't even written. But She my point is struggling. But my point I'm is that whether you're meeting meetings. or not, whether it's groveling happening, to resolve something 
while you are preparing for battle you are also looking to resolve things peacefully and that is true at every level for every stage at country level and at nukkad gang level and anyone who thinks otherwise has never been in a confrontation that all that's all i have to say i'm just saying i would judge them <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> you're saying what i would judge them is what i'm saying you would judge, would judge them. them okay judge so them that's fine but i think <laughs> i think when you in your life one second hmm. when you in your life have your life's work going down the drain and your back is against the wall and you don't know whether your what your future is and you're not uh, a great journalist in news laundry but you're running a place and everything is going down the tube then talk to me yeah i mean i do think for from a professional point of view it's very easy for him to cut and run and 2000 people's jobs go down the drain because he will not be hard up in life he has enough cash i think it's a, you're fighting a different battle uh, but anyway but i do think that is a perception that comes depending on you know what kind of battle you've been with at what level with who so anyway so i have the song today anyone uh, please keep your recommendations ready i'm going to first play the song this goes on This is dedicated to NDTV and Barkha and to anyone who has had a wonderful beautiful relationship with their employer in a professional capacity I'm I'm not going in the white or in their personal capacity this is for them Okay with that song for those of you who don't understand it is I'm the same person who you considered home whether you remember it now or not uh okay so recommendations madhu you want uh, let's start with uh, money uh, let's start with the lake you have recommendations I for, have uh, a recommendation for a book uh, by Karlov Nosgard is a Norwegian writer who lives in uh, Sweden he has written uh, a masterpiece of sorts called um, my struggle which has been translated into english recently it's a 3600 page huge book but after that he has written a book called autumn in which he uh, has written a number of essays on his how he you know through it we can probably look at the way the novelist that is kanuskar 
uh, identifies people and you know tracks how people judge things and uh, his ideas about simple things like apple peach and uh, snow and uh, different things it's a collection of essays it might be uh, a little bit uh, more monotonous than his novel because his novel you know it then in uh, norway there are uh, actually there are uh, holidays in, in there are uh, nose guard holidays in offices that there are days in which you are not supposed to read Nosgard in office because he has become such like crack, you know, such addictive. So this this one gives a, a glimpse in, into the style of the man where he picks up his ideas and inspirations from. It's recently published uh, and translated. It was published last year, but it was translated uh, last month. The name of the book is Autumn. Autumn. Mm. Okay. That's Madhu, your recommendation? Um, the na- an article that I posted on Twitter also in The Atlantic about Harvey Weinstein and the economics of consent. And also, I would recommend Indian Express's uh, series on... Um, Goa and the coal. And Goa and the coal. And another one from The Atlantic, which is very interesting, and I think it mirrors a little bit about India and divisions, but it's on America. Uh, it's also in the Atla- from The Atlantic called um, On Safari uh, in Trump's America. Okay, thank you. Anand? Three recommendations first. And did, you rec- did I recommend that movie last time? I wasn't Star. there last time. Secret Superstar. Yeah, <laughs> have any of you seen it? You saw it. I have seen no, it. I have seen, seen it. it. You got to see it. Yeah. You mm. got to see it. Write a review. Mm. It's too late, but. Nothing <laughs> is ever too late at my age. Anand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, first is um, about Chhat. So, so Chhat is a Bihar specific four day festival. Mm. And uh, by. Historical accounts, it is one of the oldest festivals in the world. It It is older than Diwali and everything. It goes back to Rig Vedic era. Even Ramayan has references to Sita performing Chhat. Mm. So, uh, but it survived in Bihar only, the only place where it could, <laughs> because of its uh, rich history. So, the... Uh, what I'm recommending is uh, uh, the songs of Chhat, which are integral part of the festival, and their melodious folk songs, which are means uh, you wonder who wrote this. Means uh, beautiful lyrics in Magi. Where do you hear them? On music systems. On, on YouTube. YouTube. No, I mean, on YouTube. 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 So you yes, can put yes. some links. Yeah. Okay. So uh, and the stereotype is that Bihar is about Bhojpuri. Only few districts in Bihar is uh, Bhojpuri speaking. Rest are Maghi and Mathli speaking. Maghi comes from Magadh Empire and Mathli from Mithlanchal. So uh, most of the songs are in Maghi and Mathli very few in Bhojpuri. So uh, those songs, and uh, in Delhi, the lack of cultural imagination in Delhi High Court, so they, and there was a politics between two orga- um, church organizing committees um, of about use of loudspeakers, so, so Delhi High Court banned the use of loudspeakers on church ghat, which is a uh, uh, yeah. lack of cultural imagination because songs are the part of festivities that's, that's so, uh, Delhi. So, uh, Delhi. so that is also part also it is a unique festival because it uh, worships uh, the setting sun as well as rising sun which is unique in human civilization 
and it is a festival of utmost cleanliness that's why modi linked it with swachh bharat abhiyan so four four days of absolute cleanliness students of patna university sweep the streets of ghats and then they make up for it for the rest of the year hmm? <laughs> <laughs> but four, four days absolute Uh, means uh, even even there's a uh, uh, street urchins and all these goons also turn very 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 uh, ananda you know aapka festival to i will so, not contradict you so, but so. in front of a tamilian you're saying that the most ancient festival belongs to bihar no, no i said one of the ancient yes, one of the nothing most is more ancient in tamilian language yeah. nothing can be more ancient than <laughs> one us. of the most you don't know how to speak i know more than you Holy Pandey ji, what is your recommendation? So, uh, no, I, I, I that oh, yeah. was just no one more. Oh, yeah, uh, more. Second okay. is with the uh, kind of debate uh, you two had. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I am recommending something that Indrajit Hajra wrote on the day <laughs> day news laundry was launched. Mm-hmm. That journalism is too precious to be left to journalists. So, so, so uh, he touched on a lot of areas that you people discussed from both you sides. You people, mm-hmm. so, he's looking down on us. No, 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 no. both of us only. Both of us. So, so. So, so he had arguments. Uh, uh, which would make you happy and make her happy also <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, i should so, reread it so uh, and that's it and third is uh, uh, jitta hills n- uh, new novel the book of chocolate scent uh, so it's a good novel you, you can if you find time you can i think he's one of our finest writers really? actually yes Mac underrated was his right underrated under exposed really now reviews about not much celebrity around him not much of a fan following but he is one of our finest writers really? him and manu joseph i'll recommend something that abhinandan tweeted out actually last week uh, the story behind the most haunting images of the rohingya exodus wow yeah uh, of what really really the stories behind the most haunting images of the rohingya exodus is the photographer's first hand oh, account yeah, of what we aren't yeah, talking yeah. much about the crisis now but it's a, it's a really yeah have a look hmm Um yeah so my recommendation for the week is actually I as you know wasn't here last hafta and usually even when I go on leave I get off social media but I still read the news I'll either read the paper or I'll watch bulletin I'll at least watch two bulletins this is the first time I think in the last two or three years I did not engage with anything digital for five days or maybe six I don't know how long it was detox how was and it? I cannot tell you how nice it felt what it changes you as a person it changes your perspective it changes what you think about so i would say every quarter everyone listening to this take 5 days where you don't consume news i did that in kerala <laughs> it is just don't consume book, news not even news laundry camp. do not look at a screen <laughs> you know go off and there's an article in the economist which the link is below which says that people who spend more time among trees and green are happier and they have a research but from first and i'll tell you if you can do that once in a quarter four days of no news no newspapers no digital no social media that is my recommendation uh, mm. on that note can i recommend a song which you can put at the bottom also okay fine it's by a singer called storm large hmm. um it's called splendor in the grass and it's a song that i convinced used i the song that i sent to my husband to 
convince him to come on a three-day holiday. Okay. <laughs> you so, can uh, use that also. Anand, you were saying yes, before I say goodbye. Yes, I am plugging Manu Joseph here. He said uh, in the interview that mm. uh, if you keep away from regular consumption of news, you may be less informed, but be a you, you, you develop a different kind of intelligence. Means because you are not uh, reacting. Uh, reacting to Im, uh, with yes. immediacy. I agree and with you. And you have a long-form view of things. I so. completely agree with you. Thanks, Ulaik, for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you here. And uh, thank you, the rest of the panel. Until next time, please subscribe to News Laundry. Support independent media. Pay to keep news free. Because if you don't pay, the advertiser will. And the advertiser will then have us do his or her bidding and not yours. Until next time, goodbye and good luck. I can see you thinking lately. I've been thinking too. About the way we used to be and how to start anew Or maybe I'm a hopeless dreamer, maybe I've got it wrong But I'm going where the grass is green if you like to come along News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe.